Hello, how are you? I'm, I'm alright, thank you. I'm at the train station. I've been working with rank and file and we are putting up a play known as Where Do We Go From Here? Uh, it's basically uh, about systems and it, it's got lots of pieces within it. We are working with people with mental health challenges, uh, asylum seekers, refugees. So I am acting in it as uh, I am a climate activist, you know, COP27 is coming up, so yes. And the climate issue is big on the agenda, so yeah, I'm a climate activist, hoping to be in Egypt for COP27. I am very passionate about climate change because I have seen the effects of climate change firsthand. My great-grandfather was a World War II veteran on the side of Germany. So when he came back to Uganda, he had all of these medals and, and stuff, souvenirs and things to do with the war. However, uh, in Uganda, a flood happened and a wildfire happened. So we lost everything that meant so much to him. And that's actually one of the reasons that he, he went into a depression that eventually caused his death. So it is very important to me in that I want to add my voice to the many voices that are championing climate change. The neighborhood where I grew up from, we had a church, a Catholic church. I was born and bred in a Catholic family. In, I think, about 1998 or 1999, I don't remember quite well, uh, my grandfather at the time was working with Oxfam. So he was, on his way back to the capital, he was hijacked, kidnapped. <laughs> by a rebel group known as the Lord's Resistance Army and... I remember we were all devastated. We didn't know if he was going to come out of it alive or dead. We didn't know if, if he, if for example, let's say if he had died, we didn't know if we would get his body for a proper funeral or things like that. But he stayed with them for about two weeks. Then he managed to escape. So when he got back to the capital, he went to that particular church and bought a bench just for Thanksgiving and he put it in the church. So every time, every time we went to church, his family, his grandchildren would be allocated to sit on that particular bench. The locals were, were always, it was good to see us at church, but they, they were always happier if we'd not gone to church because they would have to sit on the bench.
I am a very active person. I love to run. Growing up as a child, I always thought I would be an athlete. One of those rich and famous runners and stuff. But it didn't go well for me. So I had a nasty accident and which crushed my forehead and it was stitched eight times. I had to wear a bandage on my head for about a year and a half. Coming to the UK, I realized that there's a parkrun community that happens every Saturday. So I took my chances and went back to running, went jogging and then running. So I, I enjoy running, but not to be an athlete <laughs> now, but just for the fun of it, just to remind myself that I'm a survivor. I survived that nasty accident. I could have lost my life, but here I am. It's good for my mental health. Every time I feel really down, I run it off. You see, when I was growing up in Uganda, the schools I went to, they would tell us about something called the ozone layer. Our teachers usually said that because of man's activities, all of these wildfires, so the ozone layer was being damaged. At that time, it didn't really mean much to me because I didn't understand it so much. But where I am now, I understand it very perfectly and I see the effects, the damage that climate change has caused to the world today and several people are migrating because of climate change. I mean, no one would want to leave the comfort of their home and go to another area and start all over again just because of climate change, something that we can control. Maybe we can't control wars. Because we are human beings, we've got dark hearts, we, we just love to fight and stuff. But climate change, we can control that. I am just one of the very many, maybe the 1%, <laughs> that are trying to add a voice to the climate issue because where we are heading right now we're going to see more people migrating from their home areas due to climate change so we are moving away from 
having migrations due to wars and we're past World War One, Two, and the Cold War. So we're just moving into an era of climate migration. We can only try and do our best, but hopefully the leaders and everyone else that's a massive contributor to climate change can listen and change their ways. First, people need to understand that climate change is real and not try to avert the fact that it exists and it's, it's, it's causing more damage right now. Once you understand that climate change exists, then you start talking about it and being active about it to cut down on uh, carbon footprints, cut down on... I mean, there's so much we can really do. I I just can't begin to find the right words to explain what needs to be done. We we need to be more accommodating to climate migrants because every time I I hear on the the radio and watch the news and someone's calling, calling people, the narrative really about refugees could be climate migrants is it really needs to change all of life is a sacred act of learning we learn new things every single day But with this play, I have learned to be more accommodating of others because we all don't have the same problems or we're not going through the same situations. Coming from our our play, things happen, life happens. So while we were working on the play, I became homeless and... um, I had to fight tooth and nail to find accommodation with the help of migrant help. And yes, I did, but I was moved far away. Initially, I was in London and just going down to Reading to to do rehearsals, which was easier for me. So I moved out. They sent me out to Kent, a new area, a new environment, having to start all over again and very high transport costs, which I don't have at the moment. So that became a hiccup in my performance because before I was moved, I had all my lines by heart and rehearsals were going just quite too well. But because I was moved, I started missing out on the rehearsals and I was drenched in this big problem that had engulfed me. So my whole mind was just onto accommodation. Where do I go from here? Where do I go from here? So that's all that kept ringing in my head. <laughs> but eventually, yeah, Jude, Jude and, and Nick Harbon assisted me to get, to get some time off 
and come down to Reading and do the play, which was very fascinating. But while I was on stage, I kept wondering, if I go back, will I still have a roof over my head? I've also learned not to look at things just on the face of it. You might see somebody that they're smiling, they're happy, but deep inside they're going through something that you cannot handle if you were in their shoes. So everybody was watching me on stage being this super cute activist and shouting system change, not climate change. But none of them knew that deep inside I was just a homeless, tired, little human being trying to survive. The good news is that rank and file is going places. We have come out of the briefcase that we were in into the open. So everybody, very many people are getting to know rank and file and what we do and who we work with. And people are wanting to support us because the things that we speak about are everyday things, homelessness, climate change train strikes. All of these are everyday things that affect all of us in one way or the other. For example, you walk you walk into a train station and, and the train has been cancelled. Everybody's been affected. Their journeys have been disrupted. So they just want to support us because we are speaking out on their behalf. We are acting as a voice to the voiceless. So they just want to be part of this massive train that's on a journey into a glorious unknown. It's been nice speaking to you. I hope to hear from you soon. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. <clears throat> Excuse me. Do you know when the next train for London Paddington is?